One place is very pleasant to talk about. One, not so pleasant. But Jesus Christ said a whole lot about both heaven and hell. Today, Pat Zuckerman explores these two destinies and gives evidence that they are real. This is Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman. Dr. Zuckerman is a popular speaker, author, and scholar who presents and defends the claims of Christ all over the world. And as Pat points out, the topic of heaven and hell generates lots of questions. Today, we'll hear part two of Pat's examination on this often misunderstood biblical teaching. And by the way, you can check out resources on hundreds of topics at evidenceandanswers.org. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism is available for download. Read Pat's articles, books, and past radio shows that will equip you in the crucial challenges of your spiritual journey. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat Zuckerman on Heaven and Hell. Heaven is a place where we are in the very intimate presence of God. Heaven is a place of perfection and completion. Salvation has been brought to its final completion here. There is physical perfection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul describes the resurrected body, the new body that we will receive uh, upon that day of glory, the resurrection. Paul states in verse uh, chapter 15, verse 39, he says, all flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and stars differ from star in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is physical perfection there in our glorified body. There is perfection, completion of our knowledge. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Now we see through a mirror dimly, then we shall see face to face. There is moral perfection. The sin nature is gone. Therefore, in heaven, we can have perfect fellowship with one another. And the curse is no more. The sin, our sin nature is gone, but also the curse of sin that has taken its toll upon this earth, its effects are no longer there. It is gone. It is done away with. Revelation 22 says, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will no mo be no more night, for they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The curse of sin will be no more. You will not have to struggle with your sin nature. The curse of sin that has taken its toll upon the created order here, its effects are gone. It is no more. But you have come, Hebrews chapter 12, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men 
made perfect. You see, we enjoy fellowship with one another here, right? But you know what? If we hung around each other long enough, pretty soon we drive each other nuts, right? Well, if heaven were filled with sinful people like us for all eternity, that would not be much of a heaven, would it? But you see, it's a different kind of fellowship. Why? Well, the sin nature is gone. Now you are morally perfect. Your wisdom has been made complete. The curse of sin is gone. That's why heaven can be a place of perfection, of perfect worship, of perfect fellowship. No more striving against one another. No more miscommunication. No more envy. No more contending with jealousy. That's all done away with. The sin nature is gone. The curse of sin is gone when the very presence of the Lord. That's why people whose sin nature has not been dealt with upon the cross, who have not received Christ as their Lord and Savior, cannot be a part of their, that fellowship. <laughs> they won't be able to stand that kind of fellowship. Heaven also is described as a place of incredible beauty. Its beauty cannot possibly uh, be described in words. 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul says, However it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. You know, in John 14, Jesus said, In my Father's uh, house are many rooms. I go there to prepare a place for you. Well, imagine, He's been preparing that room for centuries. Imagine what kind of place that's going to be. You know, I remember um, visiting a student of mine in California after he graduated from Southern Methodist in Texas he said come whenever you're in California come on by Southern Cal and we'll, we have a room ready for you I said really yeah he said my father's house is big so we've got a room ready for you and I remember uh, as we were driving you know I went to visit him finally a couple years later and I remember driving up that drive in Irvine California up that mountain and I saw all these gated communities huge huge mansions going up there and I remember going in to his gated community driving left driving right and finally pulled up to his house huge house sure enough, the doors uh, you know must have been about 15 feet tall glass and oak and I remember walking up the driveway, there's a fountain on my left, and beautiful uh, plants and bushes decorating the walkway up. And I thought, gosh, this guy's got a room waiting for me. It must be one heck of a room. And certainly it was. And Jesus said, in my Father's mansion are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. And if Christ is the one preparing that room, boy, imagine what kind of room it's going to be. No longer will there be any curse. Revelation 22 again. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will, need, they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. I remember, you know, when, when you read the book of Revelation and you read about that new Jerusalem, the crystal city, it's already beautiful in its description. Now imagine having the glory of God shine upon it. It must really be something. I remember going to Seattle, Washington, and people said, this is the Emerald City. And I remember going there, and it was raining all the time. And I said, what Emerald City? It's the gray city. It's the depressing city. No wonder Starbucks comes out of here, you know? 
people need a lot of caffeine. And, you know, it's depressing. Man, what is it? Emerald City. Where'd that come from? Well, one day, finally, the sun broke through. There was not a cloud in the sky, and the sun was shining on that city. And guess what? Then I understood why it's the Emerald City. It is green. It is lush. It is a deep, rich, dark green. And when the sun shines upon that city, wow, it's a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous city, a sea of green. That's why it's called the Emerald City. I finally understood that when the sun radiated its light upon the city. Well, imagine, you, you have the glory of God radiating throughout the heavens upon that crystal city. That's really going to be something great. Heaven is a place of unending joy. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about it being a place of rest. And not the kind of rest we think of where you sit down and do nothing. It's a rest from our struggles. Rest from the body of flesh, the body of decay. It's a rest from our struggle with sin. It's rest from the fallen world that battles against God and the believer each day and night. It's a rest from sickness that we all face. It's a rest from our duel and battle with Satan and the legions of evil that wage war against us. It's a place of unending joy. And it's a place of perfect fellowship. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul says, Encourage one another with these words. What words? Well, one day the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That is, the physical bodies of those who have died shall be resurrected. Then we who are alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Boy, imagine that. One day we'll be in glory and you never have to say goodbye again. You know, Honolulu Airport is the happiest place in the world and the saddest place in the world at the same time. Why? Well, people landing in Hawaii, they're the happiest people in the world. Hey, I'm here, right on. People leaving the airport, they're the saddest people in the whole wide world. Man, I'm leaving paradise. It's even harder for the locals, right? Because you're leaving family. And it's not like you can come home on the weekends, right? I mean, you're two, 3,000 miles away. Now, what a great feeling I had when I landed this time in February. To know that when I land, I don't have to look at my calendar and say, oh, in a week I'm going home. You know, to know that this time when I'm landing, I'm not saying goodbye for a long time. And what a joy that's going to be when we're translated. Our moment comes when we cross that door of eternity and enter uh, into the presence of God that uh, we'll never say goodbye, have to say goodbye again. And we'll be there in the presence of God and with one another forever and ever. Well, that's just a brief description of heaven. Uh, I teach a seminar on it that goes on for uh, a whole afternoon. Just the incredible the kind of things we can talk about regarding our eternal destiny, whether hell or heaven. Well, what difference does it make? Let's make it real practical now. What difference does knowing or understanding about hell and heaven make on our life? Well, it should make a big difference. It should make an eternity of difference. First, you've got to understand that heaven is our true home. For those who have come to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, heaven is your true home. That's where your true citizenship 
really is. That's your true home, not here. It's heaven. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. You want a glimpse of what our resurrected, glorified body will be like? Be like the resurrected body of Christ. Christ, we know, could travel very quickly, uh, wasn't limited by time and space. The foretaste of what our heavenly body is going to be like. And Paul says that's where our true citizenship is. Really, it's the kingdom of heaven. Hebrews chapter 11, the writer states, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles upon this earth. That's what we are, strangers and exiles upon the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. Your true citizenship is your eternal home in heaven. That's why it makes a difference. You want to understand about where your true citizenship really is? Well then study about the kingdom of heaven. Second, you're going to spend a whole lot more time on the other side of eternity than here upon this earth. You know, if I were to draw a line from California, come in, intersecting us right here in Hawaii, and then shooting over into China and Japan, that's the line of eternity. Uh, how long on that line are we going to live here upon this earth? Well, you know, a guy gave me an illustration. He said, take out your credit card. You know, imagine that line coming from California, intersecting right to your credit card, going right on into Japan and China. And he said, no, no, not that way. Turn it this way. Imagine a line going right through your card. See how thin your card is now? That's the extent of time that you'll be here upon this earth compared to the line of eternity. In other words, our time here on this earth is very short and we're going to spend a whole lot more time in eternity than we're going to spend here. That ought to motivate us to evangelism, to share the gospel. And those who don't know Christ will be separated from Him for how long? For eternity. That's a long, long time. Next, understanding eternity teaches us how to live wisely according to wisdom. We learn to live for what really matters, right? You know, as parents, you're always scolding your kids, don't waste your money on that. Don't you want your kids to invest their money in things that really matter for the long haul. Well, how much more when it comes to heaven and eternity? How much more does it come to what we invest our lives in? When we understand eternity, we understand how to live wisely and what we should be investing our lives in. We learn to live for what really matters. Psalm 90, the psalmist writes, The length of our days is 70 years, or 80 if we have strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of the anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us then to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to understand life is short. 
teach us to understand eternity and how to live wisely in the short time that we have here. You want to invest in things that really matter. And three things are going to last for eternity, right? Only three things. God, His Word, and the souls of men and women. And I remember in college, when I came to understand that it, it transformed my life. You know, I went to college, and my goal, really, uh, I played uh, on the golf team here in, at Iolani. Uh, we were state champs and all that. And my goal was to um, be a local golf pro at some nice hotel here, a nice country club, and that was it. You know, and it just be a beach bomb and a golf bomb. And that was it. That's all I really wanted in life. And I remember going to college and hearing a message from one of my professors in on Mark chapter 13. And Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will endure forever. And I came to realize only three things are going to last. God, His Word, and the souls of men and women. Whatever I did, whether I was going to go into business or sports, medicine, I wanted to invest in the things that are going to matter for eternity. Somewhere in my profession, whatever I was going to pick, it had to be investing in those three. Because that was going to be what I carried for all eternity. That's what's going to make a difference for all of eternity. You need to invest in the things that really matter. That's what it means when a psalmist says to live according to wisdom. Understanding eternity, understanding heaven and hell should help you live wisely in this world right now. First John chapter 2, John says, Do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Why invest in material things of this world that are going to pass away? That you're never going to take with you to eternity. Invest in what really matters. You know, uh, if you guys did not see that movie Schindler's List, you guys ought to see it. Great, wonderful movie about a, a man in Germany who saves hundreds of Jews. Uh, he has them working in his particular camp. And, you know, the Germans take a while to figure out that he has them in their camp for a reason. He's saving their life. And he is not going to kill these Jews and as many as he can he gets them into his factory or his camp to work for him and those Jews who make it realize how blessed they are because their lives are saved but you know at the end of his movie the allies have come Berlin has been captured the war is over and he comes driving into the factory in his uh, fancy uh, must have been a Mercedes Benz you know that last scene in the movie a real touching scene and he comes out and the Jews come out of that camp and they're looking at him and they're thanking him and he begins to to break down and Christ said I could have done more I could have done more I could have sold my car I could have saved a hundred more he looks and he says I could have sold my jewelry you know I, I, I could have done more you know and the Jews are saying you've done so much you saved our lives and he said but I could have done more I could have done more you know it's a real touching scene as he's uh, crying over there, thinking about how many more he could have saved. And 
I'm wondering if we're not going to feel that for a moment, you know, in heaven on that day when we cross eternity. You know, we're going to sit there and say, could have done more. You know, I bought a $60,000 whatever, uh, you know, car. Could have spent thirty grand. Got just as good. Got a Camry. Oh no, Corolla. Corolla. They got a Corolla. Just as good a car. And use the twenty thousand I saved to, uh, you know, send five missionaries across the mission field, or give scholarships to Christian leaders to come to the U.S. and get trained. Whatever it may be, we want to invest things that will matter for all of eternity. Understanding heaven and eternity helps us persevere through our trials. Not just survive our trials, but to persevere and be victorious in our struggles here upon this earth. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing the glory that will be revealed in us. Understanding heaven and hell provides us an eternal hope that cannot be diminished or taken away. No matter what we may go through, there's an everlasting, strong hope there that can never be taken away. Justice, though not fulfilled on this earth, will one day be fulfilled in eternity. And as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, we do not mourn as those who have no hope. Yes, yeah, Christians, we mourn. We mourn the passing of a loved one. We mourn the trials and struggles that we face. Yet we do not mourn as those without any hope. There's an inner abiding joy that can never be taken away, knowing that no matter what happens in the end, God is victorious. And one day, His plans will succeed, will be forever in eternity with Him, where His honor, His glory, and His justice will be fulfilled. And we will realize that and come to a full understanding of that. You know, I was uh, on a radio debate uh, with an atheist. Uh, Luke is one of the most popular atheist websites out there. And he was out there, we are on the radio debating one another, and he said, you know, if, if, if there is a God, how come so many kids are born with these horrible defects, suffer, live meaningless lives, and die? He said, what kind of God allows that? And my response was, Luke, that's only a problem if God exists. I said, for the atheist, that shouldn't be a problem for you at all. Why? We're an accident here. Our lives here are ultimately meaningless. That's just a, one of the um, fallouts of the evolutionary process. And what message of hope do you have to give to that child suffering from some kind of disease? What message do you have to give? Your life here is an accident. It's ultimately meaningless. Your suffering is meaningless. And one day you're going to die and be annihilated, never to exist again. So what kind of message is that, Luke? That's the message the atheist has to offer. I said, the Christian has a real message of hope to offer. I said, your life has ultimate meaning. God shares in your suffering. He sorrows greatly. But your trials and your suffering have great meaning. I said, who's to say their, their life has no meaning, Luke? I said, it affects the lives of those who come into contact with that person. You know, we learn a great deal from people who suffer. 
Now I've a great from Johnny Erickson Tata, quadriplegic. Many of you have as well. Uh, Helen Keller and others who have suffered greatly. Who's, who says their life is meaningless? And ultimately, we can give a message of hope that indeed one day when their life here is over, they will receive a perfect and glorified body for all eternity in heaven. And that's the message of hope we can give. And he looked and he said, well, how do you know you're not giving a false hope, Pat? All this talk of heaven and hell, how do you know that's just not a false pie in the sky kind of hope? And I said, because of one thing, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's one of the best attested to, strongly confirmed ancient historical events. I've debated it and defended it throughout the world. It's, uh, the evidence for the resurrection has never been defeated. Someday maybe we could, could give you a presentation on that whole thing. But all that we shared about this morning, about heaven and hell, we know is real because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, we are just out of time on Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. We want to invite you to go to our website, evidenceandanswers.org. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism is available for download at evidenceandanswers.org. You can get past shows, hear much more on the topic of heaven and hell, and check out Pat's latest books, articles, and a whole lot more. We also really appreciate it when you help us financially at evidenceandanswers.org. Your gifts help keep us on the air. And when you purchase our resources, that also helps us expand all over the world. So keep us speaking out. We'd love to hear from you. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org, click on the Donate button. And we'll see you next time on Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman.